Welcome to Heart Chats with Jessica, where we are having fun in Jesus. Join us today to hear an encouraging message to help you embrace your place and finish your race with joy and victory. I've learned some things over the years. I've seen some things. I've seen patterns repeat themselves. So a lot of what I'm seeing today isn't new. It's just maybe a different package or it's a different demonstration, but at the root of it, it is all the same thing. At the root of it is sin. At the root of it is pride. At the root of it is a lack of knowledge on the Bible. Um, At the root of it is people choosing to walk according to the flesh and not according to the spirit and the word of God. Um, so anyway, that was, I guess what you could call my preface to all of this. Um, but I want to get into what I have kind of been looking at and focusing on and, um, what God's been stirring in my heart. So the aftermath, um, you know, when we think of this word, it is often a negative thing. It's something that happens after um, some kind of horrific or catastrophic event. Um, And it's usually not a positive thing. But I, you know, um, after the events of early January, the storming of the Capitol, um, I wanted to look at what the definition of the aftermath was. Because I woke up that next day and as I was preparing for work um, and preparing for the day and so forth, that is the phrase or the word, if you want to call, you know, whatever you want to call it, that's what God stirred on my heart was the aftermath. And so then I just started kind of meditating on what does that mean? What are you trying to say, God? You know, because sometimes that's how he communicates with me. He'll give me a word or he'll give me a phrase and it's like, okay, God, give me a little bit more. Like, you know, what are you trying to say? But that's just, you know, that's sometimes how he communicates with me. Um, And so I just kind of pondered on that and thought about it as I went about my day. And so I actually decided, okay, well, why don't I look up the definition of the aftermath as things kind of started stirring in me. So according to Merriam-Webster, the word aftermath can be a second growth crop. Um or it can be a consequence or result. So the example would be, um, you know, stricken with grief or guilt as an aftermath of the accident. Um, And then it can also be the period immediately following a usually ruinous event, the aftermath of war. Um, so when I started kind of thinking along these lines and I started thinking about the aftermath and what, um, what that means for us, we're looking at, you know, the past year especially has been filled with, you know, what we could call a ruinous event. It's been filled with, um, violence. It's been filled with 
hatred for people of, you know, different backgrounds or different um, racial backgrounds and so forth. And there's just hatred on all these different fronts. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to point fingers at anyone, but there's just all this hatred. And, you know, I believe when we look at these things, you can't point fingers to one side or the other because the real root of all of this is the enemy. And he doesn't care how he does it, but if he can divide the church, if he can divide people, he thinks and knows if he can cause division that he can be victorious for a season. And his goal is to keep God's people bound. His goal is to keep us, um, you know, not unified because he knows when we start to become unified, revival can happen. Hallelujah. Um, he knows that as we become unified, it's getting closer to the end of his age and the end of his time. And so the enemy is seeking to devour. He's seeking to divide. He's seeking to stir all these things up. And it is so important for us to know and recognize his work and to call it undone. Um, but to also, you know, what do we do with when we find ourselves after this, you know, this ruinous event or this what would, you know, be considered a ruinous season, this storm that has just ripped through this country, through this pandemic through, um, you know, basically war in the streets with burning cities down and and uh, storming the capital, the, the mark of our um, freedom and our, um, you know, democratic republic and, you know, all these things. Um, what do we do as the church and as believers in the aftermath? And my answer to you would be to make sure you're doing what the word says. Um, you know, instead of pointing fingers, instead of making accusations in the midst of all this and after all of this, just point people to Jesus. Point people to the truth. You know, you can't argue people into believing what's right. But what you can do is live the truth and hope that by your example that you show that God is true. Um, and, you know, so thinking on these lines, something that did bother me leading up to these events um, and actually for the past couple of years, um, you know, with in regards to prophecy, this is a warning, especially to, um, you know, ministers and those that have a platform and even believers on social media. Um, not everything that is spoken and claims to be a prophecy is true. Um, you should judge it. Um, and not everything should be shared. You know, the Bible talks about not casting um, our pearls before the swine. And I, I believe and I've seen in people that I really admire and look up to, um, you know, sometimes these things are not meant to be shared 
with the public, with people who don't have an understanding of prophecy. One, you know, even when prophecy is spoken, we can't always fully interpret it. We might think we know how it's going to happen, but it doesn't always happen that way. I know in my own life, when there has been prophecy spoken by people that I really um, trusted and prophecy that really like resonated with me, like I knew it was from God because it, it really spoke to um, you know, my heart and things that were going on. And I, I knew it was from God. I knew it wasn't someone's emotional attempt, you know, or um, emotional correction. Those are some other things people try to voice as prophecy. Um, but I know in my own life, when those things have been spoken, um, the ones that have happened, you know, some haven't happened yet, but, you know, I know there's things that are lining up, and I know it's eventually going to happen. But when those things were spoken over me, um, you know, it wasn't always something that happened the next day. And it wasn't something that I went out and shared with everyone either. I would, um, you know, get a tape of the service, and I'd write it down in a journal, and I'd leave it there. And why would I leave it there? Because if I just tried to push it and I promoted it everywhere, I would be the one trying to make it happen to prove God was real or to prove that God spoke this and, you know, it's going to happen. And it would be me trying to make it happen instead of just allowing God to bring it to pass. So um, in those cases, you know, I'd sit it on a back burner, I'd put it in a journal and then years later, it would happen, and then I would be reminded, I spoke that to you on that surface and such and such, you know, when, by so-and-so. And, -so. and um, I'd go and pull my journal out, and of course, I'd start, you know, weeping and crying and, and just thinking of the goodness of God, like, yeah, you promised that to me. And, you know, in times of despair and stuff, that would be, you know, it would be brought back to remembrance and stuff. But I wasn't forcing it. I just lived my life. I lived, you know, by the word of God. And I trusted God that he was a man of his word, you know, um, and that he wasn't going to lie. And so in saying that, sometimes people speak things that they call prophecy. But, you know, maybe they're not hearing from God. Um, and I'm not here to judge whether or not someone's hearing from God, um, you know, but I do want to warn that we should always judge prophecy to make sure, you know, we're not led astray by something or we're not um, leading others astray or pushing others away from the truth. Um, so, you know, it was prophesied several times by various leaders, and whether it's true or not, I don't know, but that a particular political leader would win re-election, and there would be four more years. Okay, so at this point in time, it doesn't look like that's happening. Um, and you have a lot of people that are disheartened because they're like, well, you said that God said... 
you know, or they're saying God said, blah, 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 blah. And they're leaving out, you know, that important key part that someone said that God said. Um, and they're like, you know, well, you know, God missed it. No, I'm here to tell you God didn't miss it. People missed it. Or we don't know the full picture, you know, um, it could be people missed it. It could be four more years had to do with something completely unrelated to the political election um, and the leader. It could be that four more years is something that's going to happen further down the road and it wasn't a re-election that was going to happen. It was going to be something that happened later um, for another term. Okay, so there's all kinds of things that that could mean. But what I want to focus on is, you know, that we as ministers and we as believers need to be very careful with what we share um, on platforms like social media. Um, because now you have unbelievers who don't understand prophecy and don't understand, you know, those things. And they're like, you know, it just gives them more ground to mock us and to mock like, you know, oh, if your God is all knowing and he said this would happen, guess what? It didn't happen. So I guess he doesn't know what he's talking about. And so you hear things like that. I, you know, I see it pop up on social media and so forth. And so those are just things that can do a disservice to the gospel. And we don't want to cause shame on the name of Christ. We don't want to cause any kind of, you know, um, mockery, make a mockery of those things or anything. Um, and so my advice to you is to just be careful when something is labeled a prophecy. Make sure you judge it. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and will join us next week as we continue this series on the aftermath. Um, and as we continue to investigate and look at what does the aftermath mean for the church? What does this time mean for us as a body of believers? What are we called to do during this time? I'll give you a clue. We are not called to sit around depressed and distressed, but we are called to live victoriously, full of joy, full of the life of God, and to be touching our country, our world, and our generation with the truth and the hope that is in the gospel that nothing else on this world can compare. Thank you and join us next week. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Be sure to subscribe and check out more episodes for uplifting, timely words, as well as informative interviews with experts in various areas of life and ministry, all with the purpose to help you live a life you